podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Razbani for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast with me, Jamie Moore. Jamie, I actually forgot that you were going to be here. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw you, I was like, oh, is that Jamie Moore? Then I realised. Rocky Fielding's here, obviously. The disrespect's real, man. I'm just being honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, I'm only joking. Could easily blag it, mate, yeah, but yeah, I'm just being honest. It is what it is. Uh, how's Bournemouth treating you? It's freezing, isn't it? You know what, mate? It's freezing, but it's nice. I like it. It's a nice place, and uh, I like that that view down there. There was a, there was a programme, what was it called? Um, Bewitched. Was it what? Bewitched? Nah. Um, my missus texted me before, actually. I forgot again. But um, with the cliffs down there. It's um, a good program, but yes, yeah, nice, nice, beautiful place. I'm gonna come down in summer. It's beautiful. It looks like it'd be, like it'd be in Spain. Oh, it's it's lovely in the summer. We were here obviously for the yeah, last show, and it was it was amazing. Work out on the beach, didn't they? Yeah, no, amazing. Rocky Fielding, um, he's back. I, I said to him, it looks like a second coming. He's been relatively quiet over the last couple of years. Obviously, he's he said he's been waiting for the right dates and the right opponents. But um, yeah, what what has he left in him? Yeah, he's got a lot left. I think, um, you know, he hasn't been as active as maybe we'd have hoped him to be, but he's not been inactive. He's had a couple of fights in, in the meantime. I know a lot of fighters have struggled over the last couple of years because of lockdowns behind closed doors and stuff like that. So, um, but he's been fortunate enough to box a few times. And, um, and I think there's positives and negatives to it. So, obviously, the, you'd like to have, him to have been a bit busier. But the positives to that is, because of his age, he's less miles on the clock, um, and you know he's not been in tough, hard 10, 12 round fights. So he's he's kept himself relatively f- uh, fresh. So um, so I'm happy where he is. He's in a real good place. I spoke to Dan Aziz, and and, and he, Dan's was very respectful and said, look, Rocky's only been beaten by Callum Smith and Canelo. He hasn't lost to anybody else, and he's expecting the very best Rocky Fielding. What have you seen in the gym to? to kind of thrive you and, and, and convince you that he's still got a lot left? Well, for the start, the way he's been sparring, he's sparring, he's been sparring brilliant. Um, I understand from Dan Aziz's side, they've probably looked at it and gone, well, get him at the right time, you know, he's getting on a bit, um, and he's only lost to the best, so then we can add our name to that. But it's a big mistake if they think that Rocky's passed it because he's, um, you know, I've always said this, Rocky punches so hard, his record doesn't actually do him justice. Um, when you when you look at the sort of amount of knockouts he's got, and and as soon as Rocky mentioned it to me, stylistically I said this is made for you because you know I, I've got a lot of respect for Dan. He's a good fighter, but the way he goes about his job, sort of plays into your hands. So so I said I hope I hope he gets made this because at your stage of your career it catapults you into a position where you've got so many big fights that lie heavyweight. And then a couple of weeks later, the fight was made, and, and here we are today. What have you seen of Dan Aziz, and what threat does he pose to yeah. Rocky? You know, I, was, I like him. I was watching him. He's, I was, a, you know, a fan of his style, Marvin Aguilar. I, I love that sort of style. Um, but like I say, that that plays into Rocky's um, hands in terms of style and stuff like that. He's actually coming down here now, Dan Aziz. He's going to burgle me interview. I can see him coming now. He's getting followed, followed by his team. So, um, but yeah, we're we're really confident. Really confident. Just, just be quiet, yeah. <laughs> quiet now. <laughs> is, has, can Rocky still? Yeah, he can get straight through there. Yeah, can, can Rocky still be a player in the light heavyweight division? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He's um, he's, he's not finished by any stretch of the imagination. And um, and like I say, would in an ideal world, would we have wanted him to be active and, and stuff like that? Of course we would. But um, but he just felt right. Rocky was in in the gym, which is a tough 
thing to ask a 34, 35 year old who's been around the block so many times to get them sort of ticking over in the gym to have a base for when they start training is half the problem and he was in the gym so so he sort of felt right in terms of the right place at the right time and um, and I, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason and I said to him these opportuni- opportunities don't come around every, you know, every day um, does it feel right? He said yeah I, I fancy it and I said let's do it then let's do it uh, let's stick with the light heavyweight division obviously Anthony Artexon Arta Batherbiev and Everyone saying that Arthur Batavia is, is obviously 38 years of age. He's obviously f- everyone he's been, he's knocked out. But we, we are yet to see signs of him deteriorate at that age. How, how do you see that fight playing out? That time is everything. And Batavia is, is such a good fighter. But father time catches up with everyone. And we have seen him hurt over the years. You know, he's been down a few times. Um, so he has got that vulnerability about him. And Anthony Ard could just get this right. The timing of it could be right, you know. Obviously, Batavieb is going to, going to be the favourite, but I, I, I really think he's got a bigger chance than many people are giving him um, credit for. You know, he's a solid fighter on the yard. He can punch. Um, defensively, he's very good. And uh, and like I say, I think he could be getting Batavieb at the right time. Callum Smith awaits the winner. I know there's been talks about... I asked Callum Smith a couple of weeks ago, you know, why don't you fight Boatsy? Why Why wait another seven, eight months for for the winner when you haven't fought yourself really anyone of notable uh, a notable name. So why don't you fight Boatsy? And tell her, if the offer was right, I will. But it looks like he, Lyndon Alpha's name's been mentioned recently. But is this a problem with boxing sometimes? We, we know the world title's come, but if you really think you're that good, just jump in and fight the next best person. Of course it is. Um, the problem you've got is it, it's, it's also a business. And I know that fighters want to fight the best fighters from that competitive the reason why we're doing this sport in the first place is that competitive instinct if, if you ask any of the fighters they're all in a way stupid enough to go straight away yeah no problem i'll fight him no and, and, and they do it for nothing but as soon as the manager and the trainer the the logical thinkers go come on now make sure you, you, you this is a big fight you need to make sure you get paid right for it and then that's when you start with the problems so um but you know, there's enough money in the sport to go around and the fighters who were willing enough to take fights like that should be well paid for it. Callum Smith versus Boatze is a phenomenal fight. Phenomenal fight. And I don't understand the thinking behind um, going, well, let's make sure it's for a title. Because it's, it's a phenomenal fight anyway. You know, I, 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 when I was boxing myself, I went through that era of Sky wanted to make sure there was a title on the line for the person who was the top of the bill. And I was always having an argument because I was classed as a fighter who could top the bill. And I was going, listen, in America, you've got Gatty Ward topping the bill and no title on the line, 10 rounder, because it's a good fight. Um, you know, so for instance, if I had a rematch with Macklin, why couldn't that top the bill if no title on the line? So these were my arguments at the time. I still believe that to this day. You shouldn't need a title on the line. The fight should be the seller of the top of the bill, not because he's for a title. Callum Smith versus Boatsy is, is such a good fight, it should be made tomorrow. OK, let's make sure it's an eliminator so that the winner has got the carrot dangled and go, OK, you win that, then you're going to fight for a world title, which I'm pretty sure it wouldn't. You know, it's 99% guaranteed. Any governing body would give that tag um, and, and, and get it made. And that's why... In, a, in, a, in many ways Rocky is here this weekend because this fight got offered to him and he said you know what I beat um, Aziz I'm right up there in the mix with all them lot as well so that's why we're here 
How's uh, Jack in the gym? Jack Catrow? Good. Always in the gym, always taking over. And um, it looks like early March, fingers crossed, you know, it's been dragged on a little bit, a little bit, but it looks like everyone's on the same page now. And it's going to be announced hopefully next week um, for early March. Scotland or Manchester? I don't care. I don't care. I'm here in Scotland, um, but like I say, it's all rumours in there, say at the minute. I'm here in Scotland, but I really don't care because um, in many ways the judges will be under more scrutiny this time, whether it's in Manchester or Scotland, because of what happened in the first fight. So I don't care where it is. I'm not even going to focus on the judging or where it is because it's irrelevant. Once you're in there, it's, it's a boxing ring and that's it. Do you mean there's a lot of back and forth at the time between both camps, etc.? He could have walked away and, and taken care of his mandatory. He, he decided to give a couple of belts up. Yeah. So are you pleased that you know there's, there's a bit of respect there from, from Josh Taylor to say, you know what, let's put this right? Of course. And, and, and I don't even think you could narrow it down to him to it, it, it being a respect thing. He's literally, Josh is, is, is a fighter by nature. He didn't like the backlash, which understandably, your pride, your, your ego's dented. And he's gone, I need to put that right. I can't have people, remember, you know, phenomenal fighter and his achievements in so little fights is, is unbelievable. So for him to then be in a position where he's thinking, I'm going to be remembered for a controversial decision rather than what I've achieved, I need to put that right. So I get, I get the, the, the mindset of him, the thinking, but he could have walked away. But, but I don't think he'd have had the respect from, from his peers or from the boxing fans in general, and he would have always had that sort of cloud over him. So, uh, so, so from his point of view, it's a, it was the right thing to do, I think, for him. And I think, obviously, for us, it, it, was, a, it was the right thing to do because, because we deserved the fight. We, we deserved the fight the first time around, and... Um, Hopefully we can put that uh, wrong or right. Um, I know we're going to get a better Josh Taylor, without a doubt, because um, he'll be so fired up and determined because he's that type of character. But I know we'll get a better Jack Catterall as well because Jack hadn't boxed for 17 months the first time. and um, So you, you can't be at your pinnacle when you've had sort of that much inactivity. And the best thing about Jack is he's always in the gym. What about the fact that he's obviously changed trainers now? Do, I know you say he'll be at his best, but as a trainer... Is one camp sufficient to understand the ideas of your new trainer or, and undo everything else that you know? Everything. Everything has got positives and negatives. And it could be a negative in moving trainers. It could be a positive because you've got that placebo effect. Um, we won't know. But one thing I do know is regardless of who trains Josh Taylor, he's still a phenomenal fighter. You know, when you get to that stage and you've achieved what he has, you can basically train yourself. I know Joe McAnally is a very good trainer though, so he'll have a good insight. Um, he knows he's boxing inside out, so he'll definitely add something to him. But fighters and coaches, relationships matter more than the actual knowledge in the brain, I, I believe. And, um, and whether they'll gel together properly or not is yet to be seen. But I don't really concern myself with Josh or with Dan Aziz or, or anybody else. The opponents, to me, are irrelevant. As I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in get my fighter ready, give him the right instruction, get, you know, get him in the right frame of mind, and then everything should take, take care of itself. Just a couple of quick fire ones. Anthony Joshua, it looks like he will be changing trainers again. Um, he was out there training with uh, Virgil Hunter, uh, images with him with Derek James as well. Uh, potentially his next fight, he would, probably, he would have had three different trainers for the last three fights. Yeah. Um, is that too much change in such a short period of time? Yeah. If you're asking me my personal opinion, I think it is. But I also think, um, you know, I understand his reasoning behind it, where he's saying, you know, he's going out there and he's getting as much 
experience and education as he can. I just believe he's got enough experience enough education, he knows enough about boxing, he just needs to now go in there and let it flow and implement it. He needs a dance partner in a sense, in terms of a coach, who can sort of, who he can relate to, who he can gel with and who can bring, like, allow him to bring the best out of himself because I think he's got it all in there, I just think he's hesitating and thinking about it too much and then he's missed his opportunity and if he gets someone who he can work alongside and let that flow out of him, then, then that'd be the best one. I don't know whether it's in America, Australia, India, Britain. It don't matter. I think he's got it all in himself. He just needs someone to bring it out of him. Finally, uh, Conor Ben um, made a statement this week. Um, I'm, so, I'm sure you saw it on, on social media. Um, Eddie Hearns had a number of interviews, but he, se- he seems very confident from Conor's statement. It seems like they feel very confident that he's going to be innocent and not be suspended, will be allowed to resume his career, whichever license he, he goes, but whether he goes abroad to a different country, just see a whole reaction to, to the statement and, and not knowing the facts from the outside for, for us, the public. Exactly. So I don't know the facts, and until they, they, they release the information, what they're saying they've got, then I don't know. But if we're going off the facts, what we haven't got at the moment, the facts are he's failed two tests for the same thing. And if they're going to go against it and say, well, that's not right, then what's the point in testing? You know, VADA testing is the most stringent testing in the world. If every time someone fails a test, we're going to have people getting third opinions or, you know, opinions from different doctors to try and condone why, then what's the point in testing? There's really no point. So, um, so I'm, but I'm interested. I'm gutted about it. I'll be, real, be honest with you, because I love Conor Ben. He's a, he's a great lad, and, and his dad was a hero of mine growing up. I'm gutted about it, but I'm being honest. Like, I just don't understand. Until they come out with these reasons, what they're saying, then I just don't understand how. Jimmy, there are a number of other questions, but I'm going to reserve them for probably Friday or Saturday when I see you next. Uh, I know Rocky's been waiting in the cold. He's got his hood on now as well, probably his gloves and scarves. Stay warm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, appreciate your time, and yeah, we'll catch up in a couple of days. Jamie Moore, IFL TV, thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.